Welcome to the Luke Show, the best damn podcast in the world. He's unfiltered, uncut, and unapologetic. Now, let's get started. Here's Uncle Luke. Hey, welcome to the Luke Show. Hey, baby, that's what I'm talking about. This is the Luke Show, and this is what we're going to be doing. We're going to be talking sports, entertainment, politics. Sports, entertainment, politics. Right here on my podcast. This is the only podcast where you're going to get a blood raw. It ain't no filter on here. There's no filter. So we're going to interview all the top entertainers, all the top politicians. We're going to interview random people. I don't care. We're going to talk to everybody about the things that we need to talk about, the things that you talk about in the in the strip club, the things you talk about at the at the club, the things you talk about in at the coffee shop, the things you talk about at Starbucks, the things you talk about in the cigar lounge. We're going to talk about it all right here on the Luke Show. Uncle Luke. So for, for y'all folks who listen to the podcast, I just got to let y'all know, we got the one and only Jalen Rose, you know, ESPN, ABC analyst, 13-year NBA superstar. He also is the president of the Jalen Rowe Leadership Academy located in the beautiful city of Detroit, Michigan, Northwest Detroit. That's what's up. Jalen, uh, he's married. He has uh, daughters. He has son. Hey, your son playing ball? No, he doesn't play ball. He's a college graduate and has his master's, though. I'm happy about that. That's what I'm talking about. Somebody asked my wife, they say, uh, uh, do our son play ball? She say, uh, no, nah, he's going to own the team. You know? <laughs> you know? I, almost, I almost died when she said, I said, you right. That's what we all about up in this house. No question. Like Chris Rock said, Shaq is rich. The dude that write his check is wealthy. Hey, <laughs> you already know. Hey, so let's, 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 let's talk about this NBA, man. Uh, man, I, you know, I heard you. Talking about about you know the young man who blew his uh, his shoe out. Oh yeah, Zion uh, Williamson. Exactly, and 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 that was that was a very very interesting you know take that you had on it because you talked about the social issues of a kid coming from you know from the neighborhood. You know he has to make the decision, and a lot of parents, you know, because I'm you know I'm coaching football and I'm always in these kids. Uh, ear as well as the parents, and I always try to educate them on on one thing that you said, which I know a lot of parents don't know that that contract is one year to uh, a year to year contract. Yes, sir. And they <laughs> and they really don't. It takes a person like yourself who understands that. Absolutely, Uncle Luke. So here's what happens when a young man or a young lady signs a collegiate letter of intent. While there are so many amazing things that come with the college experience. There's also some things that you sign up for that you may not realize. One of them is the fact that people believe that you're signing a four-year scholarship. In theory, you're signing one year concurrently. So at the end of your freshman year, your sophomore year, the school can decide for whatever reason that they want to take your scholarship. A lot of people don't realize that. And usually it happens to players that are already out of school. Then a new coach comes, say like at Kentucky, for example, 
And now Coach Cal is inheriting players already on scholarship. So he kindly bring those cats into the office and he let them know that they're not going to fit in what the future plan is. They might as well consider transferring. So like these are some of the things that come with it. Another thing that you're signing up for is that you have a, a, a shoe deal and an apparel deal that you're not getting paid for. So imagine if Zion Williamson comes back and says, I'm ready to go. My knee is fine, but I don't feel comfortable wearing these Nikes anymore. Mm -hmm. The players don't have a union, which is another thing. He's having that conversation with his head coach, who, by the way, gets paid millions of dollars to make sure his players wear those shoes and the university does too. So, like, there are a lot of things that make the game dirty in a lot of ways. So as an athlete, while you want to play, you want to do what you love, you want to win, you want to try to win the championship, there's still a lot of business dynamics and decisions that you have to make to look out for your well-being. And that's probably the, the position he's in right now. Right. So let me ask you. So, I mean, you have a guy like Alonzo Ball. Everybody criticized him for – taking control of his his kid's life. And then there was another young lady, uh, uh, I think it was a couple years ago. Here we go, Venus and Serena. Their father took a lot of heat for what he was trying to do with their careers as well. Right, right. And it was a one young lady, it, 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 it was a mother whose son was playing basketball, and I think it was a couple years ago, where she paid for his scholarship and she was able to then sell the apparel, a lot of parents do not understand that because you basically sign your, your life away, your likeness, you're on the video games, you get no money for it, and uh, and that's the case. Uh, so you think players should be able to get paid? I do. And I don't think it needs to be irresponsible either. It could be based on the sport that you play. This whole idea of amateurism and student athletes, that, those are just facades. Those are just terms. Those don't exist. When you sign a letter of intent, the most important thing is your sport. If you don't play well at your sport, you can still have a 4.0. They could take your scholarship. So this idea that you can't pay football players a certain amount of money versus what's going to happen with the non-revenue generating sports that's what happens when you enter a college campus. You realize everybody's not the same. People come from different backgrounds. People come from different families that have financial dynamics. They come from different countries. They're different races. So this idea that all athletes have to be equal, that's just not realistic. It's okay to give the football players a stipend for X, the basketball players a stipend for Y, and the other sports a stipend for Z. That's totally okay. And I'm happy that this conversation has graduated from, and you've been standing on the table a long time about this topic, mm -hmm. from people feeling like, oh, you should just shut up and be happy that you got a scholarship. Well, the reality of it is the best students at the university, nobody's paying to come to the library and watch them study. We live in a country where people value sports. They pay top dollar to come watch people entertain them. So therefore, so much money in the game. And also the apparel deals, 
pay multi-millions to these schools. Yep. That can even be the money that, that can pay, they can pay towards the players. Yep, and not even speaking about these billion-dollar uh, contracts. I mean, you have SEC Network. Then you have – now you got the ACC Network. And I'm pretty sure you have the PAC Network. So, I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's big business. It's big, big – I mean, it's a big billion-dollar business, and it should be no – reason why they shouldn't come up with a formula and, and, and it was another interesting thing that you said when you put the piece up on the on the tv i think it was the last one where it says it is virtually impossible for you to get a job <laughs> right. <laughs> right you know because that's that's frowned upon my mother had problems paying the bills when i lived at home now that i have an apartment in college that becomes a secondary place she definitely don't have the money to help me pay my bills in, on campus. That's just how it works. That is just how it works. And a lot of times, a lot of parents, I, I, you know, I mentored one kid and he played at Florida State. And, uh, you know, uh, the parents was already living in government houses and they eventually got evicted out of the government houses. The kid had to then move into the dorm up at, in Tallahassee. And then eventually, you know, they ended up getting a job, all the family members, working at the football stadium. Wow. So, yeah, these are some of the things. I mean, and that's why I love it when you're on the show and you touch on these issues because it seems like so many other people are afraid to even have a conversation, you know, from that standpoint because, I mean, you're right. Everybody thinks, oh, they're getting a, a, a four-year scholarship and they should be happy, and it ain't that. And that's why I'm happy that you brought made that, that point. You're listening to The Luke Show. Join the conversation by posting your questions or comments on social media using the hashtag The Luke Show. Back to you, Uncle Luke. So, Robert Kraft. I saw that. Oh, man. I, I saw that. I, I, Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft in there with the, in the massage parlor. I mean, my man got a chauffeur driving him over there, and not just one time, but two times. And he only paid seventy nine ninety five. Allegedly, played paid seventy nine ninety five. Now I mean, he knew he was getting that on the cheap. <laughs> I mean, is that is that the is that the way to stay a billionaire? To be, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying to be cheap, that cheap. I mean, you gonna go? I, I, I'm pretty. I know it was good the first time, so hopefully <laughs> went back up in there again. <laughs> And the crazy thing, they said that they got him on tape and everything. So it's going to be interesting to see, like, how the process plays out, like what level of discipline he's going to get from the system and then what comes from the NFL. You know all of the times where players find themselves in the wrong place at the wrong time and how they're disciplined for doing things like um, taking the knee possibly Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see what comes of this as the uh, more information comes out. Yeah, because Kraft is a very uh, – he's a very different <laughs> type of owner. I mean, you know, one day he's dancing on the video with Meek Mills and another day he's hanging out with Donald Trump. So I guess uh, hopefully he don't, he don't take the uh, – he don't take the approach that, you know, he's now a rapper. And, and, I, and I give know that's right. Pr- I bet he ain't going to go to court with that championships chain on. <laughs> hey, you already know. 
You're listening to The Luke Show. Join the conversation by posting your questions or comments on social media using the hashtag The Luke Show. Back to you, Uncle Luke. So, hey, let's let's talk about uh, football, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, one side of Pittsburgh, obviously. Antonio Brown, one side of Pittsburgh, obviously. We only have two African-American head coaches in the NFL, Mike Tomlin being one. You would think that these African-American players would want to play their ass off for a for a black man versus going and making somebody else, you know, in, in, in these times of the NFL and in in the racial conversation, you would think these players would want to stay there and play. I mean, what's your take on that? From the outside looking in, Mike Tomlin always seemed like a coach to me as somebody that tried to play football and be a tight end and got cracked going across the middle. Somebody that thought he was a defensive end and felt like I was Ed Tutar Jones until they cracked, blocked me. And I was like, you know what? This ain't for me. He's the kind of coach that made me feel like I would want to try to play football and run through a brick wall for I truly feel that about him. And he's established himself not only as a champion, but one of the best guys to do it in the game. But what I'm hearing from that scenario, it's gone above his head. As you see, the general manager came out recently and he talked about how the other 52 guys in the locker room need to look up the Ben Roethlisberger and he used the term kids as it relate to referring to them. And then I paid attention to Anton A.B.'s post when he said that Ben has the mentality of an owner and you and I both know the term slave usually comes in front of that phrase yeah yeah. so as I see all of this information start to come out now it makes me feel like they don't want to be a member of the Steelers and playing for Mike Tomlin has become collateral damage because Le'Veon Bell if they would have gave him his bread he would have played yeah but he now becomes a game changer Like, we're going to look back at this moment and be like, oh, he was a game changer. He's the first guy to circumvent the franchise tag. He sat out. They didn't franchise him. Now he's an unrestricted free agent. Yeah. And so, like, you're going to see more guys doing that, probably like Landon Collins right now for the New York Giants. Make us sitter probably doing the same thing. So with A.B. and with Le'Veon, I think it became about the organization, and it's unfortunate that Mike Tomlin – as a terrific head coach, and you know this, Luke, yeah. it's hard to develop players to be elite. Those are the two best players at what they do in the game, and I give the coach a lot of credit for that. Yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, it, it, it is good that that these uh, football players are taking a page out of you guys' book who pretty Absolutely. much set the standards and taking control of your destiny while on your team because I remember – you know, when Larry Brown was the coach of the Indiana Pacers when you were playing at, at Indiana, and yep. it was until seemed like for the outside end, you could tell me more better, but it seems like when when uh, Larry Bird came in that, I mean, you just blew up. Okay, it was a little beef with, with Larry, how he was using you, but then now, you know, comes Bird. 
you became uh, a, a, a much better player. Absolutely. And a lot of that has to do with somebody believing in you, giving you an opportunity, allowing you to make mistakes and allowing you to have your personality. I think from the time I got traded, for whatever reason, he held against me the reputation that I had with the Fab Five. And so, therefore, he never truly accepted me as a, a young professional that's trying to make a name for himself in the league. And as he was our coach, if I look, as I look back at this, the year, the final year he was our coach, we did not make the playoffs, and I had 15 DNPs. The wow. next year, we were playing in the Eastern Conference Finals, Game 7 against Michael, Scotty, Dennis Rodman, and the Bulls. And we was actually beating them by 15 in the second quarter, and they put the defense down on us, and they ended up winning the game the year when he crossed over Byron Russell and made the game-winning shot. So having a coach that is not only knowledgeable to teach but nurture is crucial to the development of a player. In that situation, in the Anthony Brown situation, I mean, I mean, we're talking about management. Uh, we're talking about team owner. Now the GM gets fired because he didn't trade him. And so does he stay or, or is it just that this kid just wants out completely? I'm glad that you're discussing all of these situations because they're so similar to me. Uh, yeah. What's happening with uh, Antonio Brown? What's happening with Le'Veon Bell? What's happening with Anthony Davis? So here's a couple of things that I've noticed. When a guy had a chance to take advantage of free agency, going into your final year, you normally let the team know that I probably don't want to resign. Paul mm -hmm. George did that um, and said he wanted to go to the Lakers but ended up getting traded to OKC, liking it and staying there. Kawhi fell out with the San Antonio Spurs, ended up traded to the Toronto Raptors. He's going to be a free agent this offseason. Um, Jimmy Butler had a public divorce in theory with the Minnesota Timberwolves that led to him being traded to the Sixers. What now is new with Anthony Davis is another term called pre-agency, where he's not even a free agent this summer. He's a free agent the following summer. So he's basically letting them know that I'm not going to re-sign an extension this summer, so you might as well move me right now. So he doesn't control his destiny. And what they may end up doing is trading him to another team, and then if he wanted to get to L.A., he got to worry about doing that in the summer of 2020 unless he ends up liking his current situation like Paul George did. But he will end up getting moved. Uh, from the fans' perspective, uh, they get a little nerved out. But it is a good thing that these young men are now taking control and they're not basically allowing the owners to do, you know, what they want to do to them, when they want to do do it to them. And they're actually reading the contracts and, and doing business and doing business. I mean, similar to the Colin Kaepernick situation. I I wrote a column the other day, you know, I write for the newspaper down here, you know, and I just do it just to, you know, to, to get a different perspective, you know, uh, in the local paper. And, and in my column, you know, I talked about my opinion being that I think Colin Kaepernick, you know, 
I supported him all the way up until the point of me looking at the TMZ uh, picture of him with three white attorneys and a Malcolm X t-shirt on. Now I'm a, a guy that I'm a <laughs> true follower of Malcolm X and, you know, I'm a history junkie and I understood what he stood for and what he stands for today. And, uh, by seeing this young man, when we have so many, when we have so many prominent African-American lawyers, if you're really about systemic racism, uh, it should apply when you pick your legal team. You got guys like Willie Gary who sued uh, Disney for over $200 million. And you got, you know, guys, uh, Ben Crump, who probably sued everybody in America. These are, you know, top of the line, prominent uh, African-American lawyers. I mean, what's, what's your opinion on that? You think he sold out? Uh, you think he, you know, like most people say, oh, he, he, he got the best representation. Uh, I mean, you tell me your opinion of the whole situation. That's a great question. And it's a loaded answer. So you youngsters listen up. I'm, I'm so very fortunate that I was born in the early seventies because that was the end of quote unquote segregation by law, but yet the remnants of it clearly not only were profound then, but they still are prevalent right now. And so I got a chance to watch, learn, and appreciate so many different trailblazers that put themselves in harm's way, put themselves in peril, cost themselves opportunity like Tommy Smith and John Carlos at the Olympics. Mm-hmm. The Ali Summit is one of my favorite pictures. It's iconic with Russell and uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Jim Brown. And so, like, I'm a history buff, and I appreciate people like yourself when you took a, a stand and you fought in the Supreme Court for the freedom of expression that a lot of artists have now with your band from the USA movement and people in music like Chuck D. I remember when he was like, I like Nike, but wait a minute. I was looking and making sure like, oh, okay, I'm not rocking that anymore. So like, I was a sponge. And so like, what you just said, when I looked at the picture, now I appreciate Colin's movement. At first I felt like it was a little cloudy because it was just looking for direction. So like, he had the Castro T-shirt on. I was like, oh, I don't know. You know, he had the pigs on his socks when he was at football practice. I'm like, oh, okay. But then I think he started getting some people in his ear, like Harry Edwards and other people to kind of help guide and nurture the movement and put him in position to where at least started to have discipline. And I can't front. I, like you, when I saw that picture, not that – each person should be hired based on their color. But uniquely, this case started because of social class, uh, oppression, Mm -hmm. um, and bringing light to systemic things that we deal with in our community. And I, like you, was disappointed that he could not find one person to stand with him on his legal team that looked like him in order to get to the outcome he got. It made me even think back to OJ and Johnny Cochran. Like, he was even able to do that. Mm -hmm. So, like, 
I was disappointed, like many people that I've had this conversation with when I saw that. You know, I was very, very disappointed because, you know, I look at it just like we start the conversation off. You're proud that your son is educated, went to college, has a degree, master's. Uh, he, he, You sent them to college. You're going to send the girls to college. I'm going to send my son to college to get a degree to be able to come back and do what? If they choose to be a lawyer, doctor or whatever, and they are the best in their field, they're the best in their field, we should be the first one as African-Americans to hire them first. And even, even if they're an understudy, still put them in the room to put them up on game. You know, let them let them see, let them sit there and, and get educated through the process and be that 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 person in the picture. You're listening to the Luke Show. Join the conversation by posting your questions or comments on social media using the hashtag the Luke Show. Back to you, Uncle Luke. Can you talk about uh your academy before I let you go? Because I mean I think that's very, very important. You know, and, you know, I'm happy to see that. You know, a guy like yourself, you know, will go out and and, and give kids better opportunity for better education. Uh, talk talk about your academy. I appreciate that. And you as well, the time, energy, and the love that you spread to so many young people through football, which for those that play sports know, that's just a vehicle to stand in front of the young men and teach them about life. So it's a, it's a dual responsibility. And so, like... Being the founder of the Jalen Rose Leadership Academy, it was we were founded in 2011. It's in the neighborhood that I grew up in, the northwest side of Detroit. We're tuition-free. We're open enrollment. We're public charter. So therefore, all you have to do to have an opportunity to attend is fill out a form. And once we get to our numbers per grade, we have a lottery. I didn't want to be a part of anything that discriminated. I didn't want to be a part of anything that segregated. But what I wanted to do is do something we call bridge the education gap. Mm -hmm. So young people in the city of Detroit where you get $7,200 per student and we get zero state funding for our facility. Zero state funding for our facility. So they're not encouraging this in any way, shape, or form. Wow. And their suburban counterparts, for example, get around 14500 And then you have parents like myself who are fortunate enough to send their kids to private school that's probably $35,000 a year. Mm-hmm. So how do you take the student that's getting $7,000 in theory per year and put them in position to compete with the kid that was getting $35,000 per year. So that's why we call it bridging the education gap. So our focus is not only to graduate the students from high school, which I have 400 kids currently in the building right now, like 412. Wow. But also have them graduate from college, which we have about 300 kids that are in community college or university. They're in uh, the military or they're in trade school. So we service around 700 kids. And as I noted, it's a nine through 16 model. We're really proud now to have high school seniors and college seniors and see the model officially build itself out. 
And I'd be honored if and when you ever get a chance to visit Detroit again to give you a tour because it's something that has become a labor of love. Our students can benefit from meeting you and hearing your story. And uh, I definitely appreciate you having me on and always being the leader, always being a boss, always being an OG, and never, ever, 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 ever selling out. Hey, and I appreciate you coming on the show as well, man. Hey, and you keep doing what you're doing on TV because one thing I can say, I'm definitely, definitely proud of you and proud of everything that you're doing and the way you carry yourself, the way you handle yourself, the way you stand up for for us as a people. You know, and uh, and, and just like I say, I mean, I'm definitely gonna stop by the the academy when I when I get to Detroit. You know, because that's one of my favorite cities, as you know. No you know, doubt. Hey, 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 I, hey, hey, all my friends in Detroit, I think I always call that my second city. So I'm going to definitely stop by, man. Again, I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, you guys can follow uh, Jalen Rose on his Twitter, uh, Jalen Rose. Make sure y'all check it, check out the show. Get up. Get your ass up. <laughs> You're listening to The Luke Show. Join the conversation by posting your questions or comments on social media using the hashtag The Luke Show. Back to you, Uncle Luke. Remember, The Luke Show is your show, and I love to hear your thoughts and your takes on what was said, even if you want me to interview certain people, because you know I ain't scared of nobody. I ain't scared of nobody. We'll have anybody on here. I'll even have Donald damn Trump on here, and me and him will have an intellectual conversation. Remember, hashtag The Luke Show. That's where you can get it all off your chest. If you don't like what I said on the show, if you don't like any of my guests and what they've said on the show, you can also go, let's talk about it. Hashtag the Luke Show. If you want to know any, just just holler at me. I don't have no problem with talking to y'all. I like talking to people. Thank you for joining us again. Hey, until the next time, I'll holler. (laughs)